Welcome to Show Me Something Wrong, where each episode one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and always wrong. I'm Guy. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dave, and today I've chosen the movie, and it's the criminally <laughs> underseen Australian film, The Bucks Party, directed by Steve Jodrell and released in 1978. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm pretty excited because this is our first Australian film. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. That's quite nuts. I, I want to know about what is your experience with Australian movies? Because obviously I've seen a shitload being an Australian. You know <laughs> what? What have you seen? I couldn't even fucking tell you. I don't even know what I've seen. Um, <laughs> well, you've seen my film. That's an Australian film. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. I've seen Cat Sick Blues. Um, what else, what, else is your, what else does your country produce? <laughs> Have you seen Wake and Fright? Nope. Okay, we're going to talk about There's a lot of Australian actors, isn't there? Yeah. That's that's true. Like Guy, Guy Pierce. Yeah. He's Australian. Yeah. People keep calling me him. <laughs> but I'm trying to think of an actual Australian production shot in Australia mm. with the Aussie cast that I've seen and nothing oh. is coming to mind. Mad Max. Oh, You've seen Mad Max. I've seen right? Mad Max. There I've, I've seen all three. No, I've seen all four. All Wait, is four. The, is, does the fourth one count? Is that Australia? Yeah, that's still Australia. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mad Max. Oh, that was great. There you go. So uh, you've seen Mad Max. I've seen all of them then. Yeah. Seen Have the you seen... Films. Oh, what are some other classics? Have you seen Muriel's Wedding? No. I'm just that's trying to amazing. think of Mad Max quotes now. Have you seen <laughs> Strictly Ballroom? No. Is that, is that good? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, Australia has a, you know an interesting history of film but i think maybe the peak was perhaps the the 70s right we're producing a lot of amazing stuff uh at that time and this film is from that time period Mm -hmm. have you heard of wake and fright before no okay so we won't do it for the podcast because it's not obscure enough right (laughs) but uh maybe we should oh Oh, I don't know. But basically, it's it's essentially a horror movie about beer. Oh, God, that it's sounds terrible. It's truly amazing. It's it's one of my favorite films of all time. It's basically about this... <laughs> of uh, all time? Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, it's amazing. It's it's the best Australian film ever made. Oh, wow. And it's not directed by an Australian. It's by does, a Canadian. Does that count, then? It still counts. It's a fully Australian film. But, um, yeah, I think, I think oftentimes Australians get very uncomfortable about our image mm. if you know what i mean i think a lot of countries do so often the best films about australia are not by australians so do they wait, really poke at the image then do they really yeah dip? i mean it's just very brutally honest mm. so the the film wake and fright is about a guy a teacher who's working basically in, in australia when you become a teacher you have to teach at a school kind of a rural school right so it's this sort of well brought up kind of rich ish kind of guy mm. who's teaching out in a rural school. And then he finally gets to go back home to Sydney for the holidays, but he makes the mistake of stopping in this like little town on mm-hmm. the way back and he gets trapped there. Basically right. he loses all his money and gets stuck there. And everyone is just constantly drinking beer. Right. And it's full on. It's so intense. Donald Pleasance is in it. Right. And does the best Australian accent okay. I've, I've heard a, you know, a non-Australian do. The whole film is basically killing them with kindness kind of thing mm. that Australians have. Where it's like, come on, mate, have another beer. Come on. Why, why won't you have another beer like that kind <laughs> of thing? And I think it would be a perfect, perfect double bill with this film. Right. That we're talking about today. The Bucks okay. Party. <laughs> 
So I, I wanted to tell you how I came to see this film. Yeah, because I had never heard of it. It seems like it's so obscure that it's not even on anyone's radar. Um, I can't imagine it would have ever had a release. Like, I, so yeah, please tell me how you know about it because there's a lot of things that are just boggling my mind yeah, about this sure. film. It is a, it is very obscure outside of, I guess, 1978 when it, where it, when it actually screens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not, I don't think many people know this film. But basically how I came to see it was one of my closest friends, Matthew Rivera, mm-hmm. who did the score for Catsick Blues right. and is now a very successful artist. Oh. You could follow him on uh, on Instagram, Hashtag Paper Crisis. Paper Crisis. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, he, no, he doesn't need any of our, our listeners, <laughs> the two people that listen to this, to follow his, like, uh, to join his 50K followers oh, or something on Instagram. But yeah, uh, he used to work at a library. Right. Yeah. And... The director of this film, The Bucks Party, his daughter was doing work experience at right. the library. Right. And they got talking. Is this is this a recent thing or is this, this where- is maybe like seven years ago? This oh, okay. Is, this is when I was still living in Australia. Right. And um they got talking and you know, he he realized that uh, you know, the the her father was Steve Jodrell. Okay. Who is an absolute legend right especially australian tv mm-hmm. um but he made a film called shame from 1988 which is a real like classic of mm-hmm. australian cinema and has a lot of similar themes to this film as well but he ended up my friend matt ended up meeting steve jodrell through uh, his daughter and i don't know how it even came up but basically steve was talking about this film the bucks party mm-hmm. and had it on vhs mm-hmm. and lent it to matt and Matt got permission from him to digitize it just for himself so he could watch it. And, of course, Matt watched it and was like, Dave is going to love this, mm. <laughs> and invited me over to see it. And it it blew my mind mm. that this isn't more widely seen because it's amazing. Like, it's such <laughs> an amazing and crazy film. Yeah. Mm. It, there's there's a lot of things you can say about this film. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it, it is bizarre yeah. I, i'm really interested in the production of this film how it came to get made and if sure. you have any great tips well, so you want to save them for the end but i feel like i've got loads of questions yeah, that i want no, to ask you i think we can scatter it throughout it and yeah before doing this episode i really wanted to add more context to the mm. film because there's so little about this film mm. online because it is so obscure so i i reached out to matt and checked if he still had steve's contact mm. uh he didn't so I was like, okay, I guess we can't add that context. Context, but then I'm like, you know what? I'll just like his name, Steve Jodrell. It's not a very common last name, mm. so I'll just do a search on Facebook and search for him. Found him, no sent way. him a message, and he got back to me really quickly. And uh, I said, I have a few questions about the film, and sent them through. And he's like, oh, they, they're, they're quite detailed questions. Maybe we should just talk. Right. So we set up a. A Skype interview. That's mad. And Can I just jump yeah. in? Here? It must have been so fucking wild for him because this was yeah. made in '77, right? Mm. And now in 2022, some guy randomly messaged yeah. you on Facebook about this film that you made decades and, earlier. And especially because this is not the film that he's famous mm. for as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like mostly, he would be talking about Shame, right? Um, or his TV work mm. as well. So, it, yeah, it must have been very weird to specifically get interviewed yeah. just about this film. Yeah, the film that no one else has ever mm. seen. But, yeah, he was... I bet that made his so, day as well. Yeah, he was so nice and just incredibly uh, open to sharing stuff about this film. 
Um, so I think throughout this episode, we're going to talk about the production and we mm. can splice in a few clips mm. uh, from that interview. Also, I, I wanted to add one. Th- this is more for like anyone from Australia listening to this. So I knew Steve Jodrell from his film Shame, mm-hmm. but I thought I'd check his IMDb to see what else he had made. And he has directed so much Australian TV. Right. And I shit you not, like 90% of my favorite childhood shows were directed by no him. No way. I don't think you would know any of them. Probably not. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, but let's hear him anyway. But he, he directed uh, basically all the best episodes of this show called Round the Twist. So Oh, do you, yeah, you might yeah, know yeah. It. That, it was, that aired in England, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it was popular in the UK as well, right? Oh, awesome. So anyone my age mm. in Australia, it's their favorite childhood show. Guarantee you. Just want to, just to double check, is it the same round that had the theme song that is like, have you ever, ever felt like yeah, this? That's, that's the one, right? <laughs> oh, we should splice that in. <laughs> oh, shit, he did that. Yeah, I think he, he did a, a bunch of episodes of that, mm. and I checked which episodes. So I'm like, oh, these are all the best episodes. Oh, brilliant. So that, that like, blew my mind. Um, and, yeah, when I was talking to him, when I interviewed him, I, I brought that up, and he said almost all, like, everyone he talks to, mm. when they see he directed Round the Twist, they're like, oh, my God, Round the Twist, amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, he was a big part of, I think, any kind of 90s mm. Australian kid, maybe even British kids, maybe. Their, their childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, really incredible career that, that, that this guy has had. Before we get into the film, though, I wanted to ask you about Bucks Parties, because... I didn't know that this was an Australian term. Yeah, when you said we're watching a film called Bucks Party, I had no idea what it was about. <laughs> what the so, fuck is a Bucks Party? <laughs> what do you call it? In, so, in, in England, UK? we called it a stag party. Okay, a yeah. stag party. And in America, just a bachelor party? Is that it? I Maybe, guess. yeah. Yeah. They so yeah, that, in Australia, yeah. it's called a, a bucks. Right, yeah, right, bucks right. Party. Is there an uh, Australian thing for the, 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 the wife side of things? The hen's night. Oh, you got yeah. We say hen parts. A stag, stag party, a hen party. Yeah, stag night, hen night. Yeah, yeah. So, That's the same. <laughs> I was keen to know, like, what's your experience with bucks parties or stag dudes? <laughs> Have you ever been to any before? Um, you know, I've not been to like an official one kind of thing. It's it's more just been like, oh, my mates getting married. Let's just get slaughtered and mm-hmm. we just go out and then normally like like as you'd imagine there's a stripper involved and everyone gets drunk and we go out and do stupid stuff to each other <laughs> stupid stuff to each other it's, <laughs> it's it's just yeah a bunch of boys being idiots whilst sure, being sure. drunk drunk so it's probably very similar in a way yeah, yeah yeah so it's not quite as extreme as what happens in this film that's for sure <laughs> no not not in my experience anyway I but think- yeah no, i've never been to an actual one i'd like to Mm. go to an actual stag party i've been to a handful in australia and not obviously not to the degree that like Mm -hmm. this film which we'll get into later but um but even just for me like what you described sounds Mm. like what a bucks party is in australia these days but even that experience for me was like deeply uncomfortable Mm. because i'm not a very don't know if you've noticed but i'm not a very macho masculine person (laughs) So going to the strippers and stuff like mm. that, I just hate it. And I hate like that kind of, uh, I don't know. Is that rowdy boyish? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really don't get into that. So perhaps that's why this film really spoke to me because it really shows how mm. nightmarish that experience mm. is. 
Yeah, no, but I think like like with you, myself and my group of friends as well, we're not really that kind of like really boisterous, loud, yeah. like drink and go out like, kind of yeah, guys. Yeah. Like we're all pretty much low key and people we kinda of like to just sit in sit in the living room and drink tea. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that whole like go to a strip club and sniff cocaine off a girl's bum, it's not the most appealing <sighs> thing. It's my worst nightmare. <laughs> But I think that's almost, you know, as far as the uh, the definition of a stag party goes, it's kind of what a lot of people do. Yeah. 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 I remember going to a, a Bucks party for one of my good friends and we went to the, the strippers and it was just super uncomfortable the whole time. But I was watching another group, like another Bucks party group mm. <laughs> and the like groom... I don't know, I guess all this stuff is normal at strippers, so this mm. is probably not an amazing story, but I just, like, found it so intense how it's all about humiliation, mm. which is what this film is about yeah. in, in a lot of scenes, and it still happens now. So I watched this this other, yeah, stag party group. The guy, the groom got brought up on the stage, mm. and the stripper, like, covered, like, stripped him off, basically, right. to his undies, mm-hmm. and then covered him with shaving cream on his chest and then set it on fire fuck and i was just watching this and going and all his friends are just laughing and just at at his utter humiliation Mm. in front of a large crowd of people i'm like how is how does anyone enjoy this it's a nightmare that's wild um but it's kind of like i mean i might be jumping forward a little bit um but the line that appears in this uh, film as well is like, oh, the bride is just the bride. These are the friends. This is the exactly. night he's going to remember for the rest of his life. And to an extent, that is true. Like, totally. they, they humiliate the groom down to, to nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. To that, that he will never forget this night. And that is kind of the whole purpose of it. Give yeah. him, like, a final send-off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's intense. Yeah, we, we can definitely get into that in more detail yeah. later as well. No, I never saw anyone get their, their chest set on fire. <laughs> Does shaving foam set, like, catch fire like that? I guess so, yeah. I, I think that's what it was, but, it yeah, it was just really in- intense. I know what I'm bringing to my next stag party. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want I want to give you a bit of background mm. on the making of this film. Please as do, well. please. I'm very Cause curious because it, it is quite unusual. It's only like what 38 minutes or mm. so, so it's not not feature length. Mm. The film was shot in 10 days. Right, quite a long shoot for a short film i would say mm. i don't know i guess i guess maybe it's like 38 minutes that kind of works out but i guess um, they have to do all the adr as well does that was that all well count? we'll get into that oh in that's another that's yeah. another thing sorry I'm so, <laughs> so yeah it was shot over 10 days mm. over christmas and new years of 76 to 77 and yeah this was steve jodrell's first film mm-hmm. and at the time he was a, a lecturer at uh, perth western australia university mm-hmm. and he got really you know excited about the idea of making a film at that time and applied for for funding from the uh australian film commission wow and they gave him 12 grand what? which at the time would be quite yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, and and that was to fund the double head stage of the production so back then it was shot separately like sound and mm. vision was shot on two separate things so it was funded to that point so basically right. the production Part, not the post post production, so they shot the film. We'll get into that in more detail as mm. well. But then when he when it was completed, like the shooting was completed, uh, he showed a kind of I guess like unfinished cut mm. to the assessor from the Australian Film Commission, 
who was absolutely in in the words of Steve Judrell, visibly shocked. The assessor was sent over to view the double head and recommend whether the uh, commission should invest in more money into taking the um, the project to um, optical. I don't think the assessor was very acquainted with the topic of the film because he was visibly shocked after he'd finished watching it and said, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was along the lines of, we do not want to encourage this kind of Australian film. Now, this was about the time that Basil McKenzie was around and uh, Alvin Purple and stuff like that. And I think, I suspect this, I have no evidence for this, but I suspect the, the, Film Commission was trying to create a um, a new image for itself and didn't want to have these Australian kind of shows. Anyway, whatever it was, he hated it. And I was told that um, subsequently that they were not going to fund me to completion. So it's kind of amazing that this film even exists mm-hmm. because at this point he shelved it mm-hmm. and was like, oh, well, I guess I'm like not a filmmaker. They hated my movie. That's it. Like right. it's done. What was the actual purpose of making this film? Was it purely just because he wanted to make a film? Because, like, you mentioned before, the runtime. It's a very Mm. odd runtime. And I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in England, a 40-minute film is classed as a feature length, which is really short. Mm. But it's like 35, 36, 37. Yeah, it's an unusual length. It's too long for a short film. It doesn't quite meet the feature Mm. length film. So I wondered, like, what was the purpose? Or was it, like, purposely made at this odd runtime. Yeah, that, that's a good question. I don't know why in particular he mm. made it this length mm. and not a feature. Maybe he just wasn't really concerned about the, the mm. dynamics of it. Maybe yeah. just, he just had this story that he wanted to make and it happened to be that length. Yeah, yeah. And the actual screening process of this, like mm. how it was screened and where it was screened is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think we should save it to the end because mm-hmm. it's, it's quite fascinating. All right. But basically, so he was stuck with this like unfinished film, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, that he, he couldn't put together without extra money because mm-hmm. he just had the sound and vision separate. And yeah, he put it aside. But then one of his colleagues was like, no, you need to finish mm. this film. Had it not been for a colleague of mine who was very enthusiastic about the project and bullied me into completing it, that it would never have been finished. Um, I had to take out a mortgage on my house. Um, um, I think it was about three or four thousand dollars that I had to raise to complete the project. And yeah, hired a composer and came up with that really amazing end sequence of the marriage mm. stills, which we could talk about later as well. And yeah, he managed to to finish it then, and it had its premiere in 1978 at the Perth Institute of Film and Television's well, cinema. Hey. And then after that, it has a really interesting journey, which I think we should we should talk about at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get into it. Yeah. Cool. All right, so one other thing before we dive into the film, mm. I wanted to say we're going to obviously spoil this film a lot, as we always mm. do. <laughs> we go into <laughs> a lot of detail. But this is one you can actually watch before you listen to this episode. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen this, you can go to the NFSA website, the National Film and Sound Archives of Australia, mm-hmm. on their website. And if you search for the Bucks Party, you should be able to find it. Oh, it's actually online. Yeah. It's and well. hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we can post some links to that as oh, well. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah, so it is possible to watch this. And I really recommend watching it before we talk about it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
All right, should we get into the film? Let's get into it. So we start off, we're kind of in like what the Australian outback or countryside or something, and we see these cars kind of come charging down the hill, almost in a drag race-esque style, with this really kind of happy flutes and trumpets music playing. And and it straight from the get-go, it's like, oh, we're in for a fun time. Yeah. And it kind of sets the mood, like, oh, this is going to be a fun film. Yeah. And that mood, that, it just keeps on with that pace. It's always just, like, fun. It's always fun, fun, fun. But what we kind of see gradually gets more and more disturbing. Yeah. But it keeps up that really fun, happy tempo. And that opening shot of them charging down the hill was just like, ah. Oh. Like, I, was, I was really, like, pumped with it. I was like, this is going to be so much fun. And it just carried on. And we kind of arrived to this, like quarry it's like a dried up quarry right yeah and there we get the um the opening speech to from this kind of almost mm. like alpha douche jock kind yeah, of character yeah. it uh behoves upon me on this sad occasion to say a few words about our soon to be dear departed mate kenny so that alpha male uh run is run, his name yeah. and this is Again, for Australian listeners, will blow their fucking minds. Right. This this guy is played by someone called Bevan Lee. Okay. So, Bevan Lee, you know, this is obviously very early Mm. in his career, but he is an extremely well-known TV creator. Right. And if you watched Australian TV from, I I don't know, like the year, the late 90s up until 2010, you 100% would have watched his TV shows. Okay. So he basically just, again, none of these shows will have any meaning to you. <laughs> he didn't create Neighbours. Okay. Uh, but he created All Saints, Pack to the Rafters, Winners and Losers, and all these other ones, which are just like these massive Australian right. shows. And he, he works at like a big network, Australian network uh, TV channel now. So him being an actor in this, is, is he not off, not usually an actor you know, on, the, on the creator uh, side of things? I guess he was back then, but yeah, I now know him more as a creator, mm. definitely much more as a, a TV creator. Okay. But it's pretty mind-boggling. Like, that's like, you know, TV royalty right there. Right. <laughs> in this no. really, as you said, this kind of jock, yeah. kind of alpha male role. He's really frightening he is. in this film. He is. And he <laughs> Is this uh, opening speech, doesn't he? And yeah. all, all of his mates are kind of gathered around, and he's like, <laughs> I- "I'm not going to try an Australian accent, but he's like, we're gathered here. Give it a go. Give it a go. No, no, because I can't. Can you, what's your? Can you do like a really? Do like, you want to go more Australian? Yeah, because you're not really Australian enough for me. <laughs> uh, he says, "It behoves me on this sad occasion." That's the one to say a few words about our soon-to-be dear departed mate Kenny. I loved that line. Yeah. Soon to be dearly departed mate Kenny. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And w- did you catch as well what he refers to him as? Like the, the stud line? Did you do you mm. remember that? He's like one of the greatest studs to ever migrate from Pommy Land. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand that. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Just like you know what Pommy Land is. No, right? what's that's, Pommy Land? That's, that's your your place, mate. That's is the it? UK, Pommy Land. Is yeah. it? Am we, I, we, am call, I a... we call you guys Poms. Am I a Pommy? Yeah, you're a Pommy. <laughs> Fucking hell, I didn't even know. I'm a Pommy, I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, I love that speech. So he's basically yeah, giving the speech that's almost like a kind of it feels like a sort of funeral it speech, is, yeah. right? Which is what you said before as well. Like this, it's a send off for mm. a friend. And because I, I, mm. I, I didn't catch it the first time uh, when he says "soon to be dearly departed." It was the mm. first time I, I, I watched it. I watched it twice, and I was like, "Ah, oh, dearly departed, mate." And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" And everyone's kind of looking rather sad, and mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, "Okay, so is this 
a, like a kind of a, a, a farewell party for their mate who's just died and then but, but it's not yeah yeah because I didn't know what Buck's party meant either so right. I kind of misunderstood the context oh, at the beginning really yeah. um, uh, Steve talked about that in the interview about this idea of like what the Buck's party is mm. yeah the idea that it's like sort of the death of a friend mm. that's something that still exists now I think in, in the versions of, of bachelor parties that people go to mm. <laughs> sort of send off into married life. Yeah. It was almost the sense that this is the last time that the band of brothers, your mates, are ever going to be able to function because now there's going to be a woman in the way. And so we humiliate you, we um, make you suffer for having chosen a woman. And then he's like, right, take your beers, raise them high. Mm-hmm. And then what do they oh, do? How amazing is that reveal? I so loved it. It all feels kind of solemn. Then he starts shaking up the beer. Yeah. You're like, what's going on? And yeah, what, what happened? And then say, so they're like, raise your beer, raise them high. And then I don't know what the line says, but they all end up like having their bits and they shake them up and they spray them. And then we get the reveal of Kenny, the the groom, locked in a cage, yeah. uh, like naked, mm. being sprayed by beer. And then the fun music kicks back in again. <laughs> and it's all just like really like happy times and everyone's like, like spraying him. And he's like, oh, come on, guys, like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, there's a freeze frame on his, his face. And yeah, the Bucks Party title comes up. But again, oh, that man. really fun music. And then he's like, ah, oh, we're in for a good old ride here. Everyone's loving it, apart from Kenny. Yeah. So yeah, at this point, you know, it's, yeah, as you say, it's kind of impossible to know where it's going to go at this point. Hmm. You sort of, it's being presented as this very kind of fun sort of thing. We're all having beers. But the fact that he's in a cage, mm. Kenny's it locked away in a cage, mm. it kind of is like oh oh no where's where's this going <laughs> and that's like the thing that always that kept kind of going through my head was like he's literally in a cage in the middle of the sun in australia yeah. like that's that's like the, the the best way to get heat stroke right sure and and actually yeah uh, steve talked a little bit about this uh location so it's called Rolly stone mm-hmm. yeah disused quarry in western australia no one was there obviously mm. so they could just shoot in total privacy mm. but it was ridiculously hot <laughs> The location was fabulous. It was away from prying eyes. We could we took over the whole quarry. It was very very hot. I, I, I can't I don't know what it is in centigrade, but it was about 112 degrees in the shade. And of course there wasn't any shade apart from the shade that we created, the tents, and the inviting crystal clear water that was in the quarry was um, banned to all the actors until they'd finished the day. Uh, but they had to compete with a family of Jew guides who swam in it as well. It was uh, absolutely right for for what we wanted to do. Yeah, you can feel how hot it is just mm. watching it, right? And even so, it's in like this like metal cage, right? So the mm. cage itself would have been like fucking boiling. boiling. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that role seemed like well, it was hor- would have been horrible <laughs> to do. Do not envy Kenny. Yeah. So after we've got the the titles, we kind of get some more sort of fun stuff, right? They're playing uh, cricket with uh, beer bottles, mm. and it's just intense drinking. Yeah, drinking, drinking, drinking. Yeah, we meet David, who's Is the, he the bride's brother. Yeah, the the bride's brother, who's also the best man, 
And he's very different from everybody mm. else, right? He's kind of essentially like the voice of reason amongst all the apes, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I, I got the feeling, I, I didn't ask Steve this, but I, I felt like maybe he, this was sort of him, you know, because he, he talks about his own experiences with Buck's parties, which mm. we can talk about a bit later. And to me, Steve Jodrell seemed like a very, I mean, obviously very intelligent guy, a very nice guy. I kind of imagined that this David character, mm. maybe he had more in common with him. Right. Than the, as you said, the apes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he, he's there. He seems kind of restrained, gentle, and the big alpha male mm. run comes up to him with a beer. Yeah. Get this into you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, oh, the, um, the, all the, it's almost like a montage, if you will, of just them just having fun. Yeah. yeah. And all fight, lots of drinking. But it is like, it's almost like a group of like apes like yeah. fighting over the beer tap and they're all, yeah. they're all shouting and cheering oh, and pouring man. out of these beers. It's very intense. But at this point, I was like, I was thinking, what age are these people supposed to be? Mm, well, like, <laughs> but, but saying not, 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 not that they're supposed to be, but if even if you look like um, people, you know, from the 70s, yeah. regardless of country, they look, they, they look a lot older than yeah, the people... Yeah now of that age sure, right sure, yeah. and all the people there you know kind of like like kind of fat they've all got mustaches <laughs> and like they're bald and they're big like i was like are they, are they like in their 40s i don't know what what age they are or what age they're supposed to be my my guess is that they're all in their 20s right because um yeah the the cast of this film other than bevan lee um you know the guy playing ron mm. i think they they were all uh students mm. so they were cast out of uh i guess the university that that steve worked in he talked a little bit about the casting for this so they're not professional actors mm -hmm. which is really impressive because they really give amazing mm. performances because they're all students i would assume that they're all in their 20s right. yeah as you say when you when you look at people back then yeah they do look older yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah, they all look like they're in their forties. That's it. But I and guess that's also Australia as well. The you know sunscreen is a relatively new invention, <laughs> and you know being in the sun all the time does age you as right. well. Yeah, I, I don't know about yeah. Even yeah, looking at Australian people and American people, everyone just looks a lot old. Like you, you see those like Americans, Australians mm. when they're like sixteen, they look like thirty. They got like yeah. massive beards, and we were back in England like fucking oh, yeah. <laughs> I just got my first pube come through. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's this whole sequence. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just intense. Right? Mm. Like they're just drinking like crazy. The dialogue's amazing. There's a the line we're gonna get pissed up to our eyeballs with no one to bother us because they're in this quarry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's great. We see one of the drunken guys sort of dancing around, and he falls into the water mm. in the quarry, which I feel like is kind of uh, preempting something that's gonna happen mm. later in the film as well. Yeah. And then we, is that the moment we cut to Kenny back in the cage? Yes. So I was a little bit confused with this cut. So we see some guy kind of fall into the quarry and then we cut to Kenny in the cage wringing out a shirt. Mm. So I was like, wait, did they throw Kenny in the quarry? I was like, wait, no, 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 no. Because it's, it's not. So I wonder, is he like wringing out his sweat or, or well, why is he wringing out a shirt? Oh, that's a good question. I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, to be honest. Because yeah. it cuts him jumping in the water and then Kenny wringing out uh, like, the mm. water from a shirt, so I couldn't quite get the context mm. there. 
Was it actually Kenny ringing it up? Yeah, he was in the cage ringing mm. it up. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. So I had to I'm rewind sure. to see if it was Kenny that went in the quarry, but it wasn't. No, he's still locked up at this point. Yeah. So I wonder, is it just like his sweat that's accumulating? Possibly, this yeah, thing? Yeah. It could be. I don't know. But um, I wonder if you if you had the answer to that. No, don't have that one. I'll interview Steve again and ask him. Steve, I've got more questions. <laughs> just about this one shot. <laughs> but yeah, Dave, David comes over to, to talk to, to Kenny at this point. Mm. And both of these guys seem much more restrained, much mm. more normal than the other guys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, the kind of more gentle, intelligent sort mm. of guys. <laughs> and it, we see at this point as well, like, Kenny's, like, he's not drinking anything as well. He's, like, at this point, he's, like, mm. dead sober. Yeah. And just locked away in this cage. Yeah, that's not a very fun bachelor party, <laughs> no, is it? it's a nightmare. <laughs> Absolutely. Like they're nightmare. all having fun. He's just sitting in this hot fucking yeah. cage. <laughs> no food, no drink. Then after this, we, we meet our other kind of outsider character, mm. um, Mickey or Michelangelo, who... They dub is, the Italian? Yeah. So they call him a, a pretty offensive word as well. We hear the word Dago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you... Do you use that in the UK? No. It's not even... A, and a slur that I think would even get used today in Australia, but basically it's like a, you know, anti-Italian slur mm. and they're, you know, pushing this guy around and, uh, take him over to the beer keg. Oh yeah. yeah, guy yeah. And just like drown him in the beer. They're, like waterboarding him essentially, like flooding yeah. him with this beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all the other guys are loving it. They think they're, they're, they're having a great time. And the Italian is like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> but again, there's that really like fun, happy music playing on on top. So it's, yeah. it's 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 always like, and it's the feeling I felt through in the entirety of this film. It's like I'm supposed to be enjoying this because the mood is set so you, so you feel that. Mm. But what you're actually watching is not fun for sure. Yeah. yeah, and that's sort of yeah, you're spot on with that. I think, and that's kind of part of the genius of this film. Mm. Where you're like, oh, it's fun, but wait, what am I watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like. All the, the tone of it is very, like, upbeat, mm. right? Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, so David and Kenny are, are watching this happen to, to Mickey, kind of not really doing anything about mm. it. They're sort of just observing this. And David mentions that Julie, Kenny's wife-to-be, mm. sent sent him there to protect him, basically. Right, right, right. Yeah. And Ron comes over getting all intense. They're like, oh, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of feeling this tension between them already. And then we get... <laughs> One of the best sequences <laughs> of, uh, in Australian uh, cinema history, I would say. <laughs> is this is this actually a thing in Australia or a stag party thing? Well, do you want to describe what happens well, first? At first, <laughs> I, I was really unsure of what I was witnessing because <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden we cut to people walking very strangely. Yeah. And it's almost like crab walks they kind of like kind of clench where their legs are kind of split apart and they're kind of like shuffling along the asphalt or the the, the sand introductory shot of this is so confusing right so you've got like a shot between a guy's legs Mm. and then you're seeing another guy yeah as you said like waddling along yeah yeah but everyone's in like these like tiny little like like tidy whities and shuffling along with these really kind of uncomfortable looks on their faces (laughs) And uh, like you said, lots of very close-up crotch shots. Yeah. I was like, "What the hell is happening now?" <laughs> and apparently, it's it's well, essentially a drinking game. You have to put a what, what are they putting up there? A coin, is so, it? So yeah, it's the game is called two bob, right? So two shillings mm-hmm. at this time, two shillings. Mm-hmm. Up your ought, ought sport. 
There's a very famous and, and quite funny sequence called um, Two Bob Up Your Ought Sport, which is uh, a game that I saw played at a Bucks party where um, you, uh, the, the, the men would uh, stick a 20 cent piece up their bum in the crack of their bum, hold it together with their bum cheeks, waddle in a crouching position over a glass and try and drop it in the glass. If they didn't drop it in the glass, they had to drink a glass of beer. That was the game. Um, I thought that was the most amazing thing I'd seen at a Bucks party and I'd seen quite a few. So that features very heavily in, in the film and, and in fact it's a nice piece of um, comedy relief. I hope I'm not going to now educate a new generation of Australian <laughs> men to go out and, and recreate this game. I didn't actually catch the name yeah. of the game when I watched it because it was just too Australian for right, me. too Australian for <laughs> And you. also like the term too... Bob, you know, it's not yeah. used in Australia anymore. So I, I had to ask uh, Steve for the details on this. But yeah, two Bob yeah. up your ought sport. Do you, do you call people sport in in the UK? No. Like, G'day, sport? How you doing? No, yeah. we don't. Yeah, so that's, that's I think a, that's an Australian thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, very yeah. Australian term. So yeah, two Bob, two shilling, up your ought. Ought as in zero ought. as in butthole. Right. <laughs> I'm sport. glad you're here to explain this. There's a lot of stuff that I just didn't catch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to get Steve to explain this to me too. What's an ought? Oh, the whole concept. <laughs> oh, right. And, and whether this was a real thing. And yet Steve told me this was a real thing wow. that he witnessed. From his own personal experience. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. And, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. I've never seen anything yeah. like that. And the shots are so intense. As it <laughs> yeah. goes on, we sort of get this montage of it happening mm. and- the shots uh, start to like sort of go underneath, mm. and we're sort of seeing the coins fully up the yeah, yeah, yeah. and getting dropped into into the the glass. It's it's so intense. It, it is quite great, but it's it's also very like very homoerotic, you know. Like yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. they're all down in their tidy whities putting things up their bums, and then playing and making it into a <laughs> drinking game. Um, there's there's I, I don't know this probably this is completely irrelevant, but I remember a. Um, a Dave Chappelle sketch and he's always like you can't do anything with white people or you can't fall asleep when you're around white people because they always do some kind of weird gay shit to you <laughs> and I always remember like these weird like all the men getting naked and putting things up their bums yeah, like yeah. <laughs> and yeah like Steve I, I asked him like is this film based on mm. real experiences that you had and he he goes into that that detail and it was based on reality. That's, you know, kind of why he made made this. I am fascinated by the male, the Australian male psyche. I was particularly fascinated by the willingness with which groups of men were prepared to give up their personal integrity and values in favour of, of a mob mentality, that they would do the kind of things as a group that they would never do as, as a single person. Most of the film is based on my experiences obviously the two the dramatic moments at the end aren't but um but most of the rest of them the recipe generally was humiliating the groom uh, in whatever way you could some were you know left naked tied to um street poles you know things like that um but that was part of the ritual and that's what the theme of this is right yeah. the, the willingness of all these guys if you had them separate from their mates yeah by themselves, they wouldn't do the stuff no. that they do in this film, and it's kind of this sort of mob man mentality mm. kind of thing, right? Which I think is is something that you know is not just Australian. I no. think it, it's you know universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
it is really something I saw a lot growing up right. in Australia, yeah. like in, in school, just this kind of, not necessarily at Bucks parties, but just in general, mm. when you get a bunch of very blokey mm. Australian men together, it's it's kind of, it's dangerous. It is. It's like everyone's trying to belittle the other one, trying to put themselves up high. Everyone's trying mm. to be the alpha. And it is kind of like a bit like that, like you said, mob mentality, mm. but very just like primitive. Yeah. And I, I like the way Steve described this as, you know, it's uh, the last time the band of brothers mm. are going to be together and like a woman's getting in the way. They're going to make you suffer for mm. the choice that you've made. Yeah, yeah. So you've got this intense mob mentality plus this kind of cruelty, you know, it's, it's yeah. so, it's full on. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and then obviously we've just had uh, a lot of people chugging lots of beers because they couldn't drop the uh, the coins in the glass and all that beer has to go somewhere right mm. so what do they do oh my god <laughs> yeah holy moly that is that was very upsetting i think that is the scene where maybe you realized why i chose this mm. film to talk about <laughs> yeah I, I was not expecting that I was, and it was, it was so, so gross yeah but, but kind of uh, yeah i couldn't see it coming I really didn't want it, want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, but basically they've drunk all this beer, <laughs> yeah. and as you say, they have to let it out. So they surround Kenny in the cage and just start pissing That's so all over horrible. him. It is true, truly grim, mate. Truly, truly grim. If my friends did that to me, I would disown everyone yeah. right there and then. What the fuck? It's- a bunch of your mates pissing on you while you're locked in a cage. That's so horrible. Yeah, like I guess I'm just not much of a yeah Kiss macho me. kind of guy but i i have friends that that i've met that like used to do stuff where like they would piss on each other what <laughs> I'm, I'm actually not That's i'm not shitting wild. you so i i had friends that they'll if they went to the beach mm. or like somewhere with water as a joke they would piss on each other because they're, they're about to go into the water but it's like but wh- why? why i still wouldn't want to be pissed on no. even if i could wash it straight off so this really <laughs> reminded me of that as well because they they all piss on him and then they just dive into the quarry yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. but he's still locked in the cage yeah he's he's not getting so that's it they're him. fine they, they they they've relieved themselves covered kenny and pierce they're like i'm gonna go for a swim <laughs> now and so they're all like frolicking in the quarry all completely naked yeah yeah um frolicking around <laughs> You know what I, I, I loved as well, watching this, I, w- I was really interested to know what the atmosphere on the set was like, because mm. it is really dark, obviously. Mm. And, it, you know, that pissing scene is the best example. of It's really fucked up what's happening. Mm. But, um, yeah, apparently it was an extremely fun set. Oh, yeah? It was a fun set. The two outsiders, David and Mick, were actually segregated from the rest of the boys. You know, I wince at some of the dialogue that I gave those poor um, those poor performers. But where the dialogue really works is with the main revelers, the the boys themselves. They've got some great stuff to do, and they do it with such enormous gusto. They had so much fun. Remember, we're talking, except for um, Bevan Lee, who played Ron, with the exception of Bevan, the rest of them were amateurs, and some of them had never acted before at at all, let alone on film. But they had they just threw themselves into it. And I think that's why it's so real. It feels mm. so real because they are just kind of going for it. And, and it looks like they're drinking real beer as well. 
Yeah, I, surely they they couldn't be though. Like, but, <laughs> I mean, they got that. the kegs. I mean, I feel like real beer is easier to source than fake, <laughs> sure, real looking sure. beer. You know, uh, yeah. so I'm sure they would have had a few pints whilst they're out in the quarry, and you know, yeah, yeah. had had a laugh whilst doing it. Oh god. Yeah, but apparently it was a very fun set, despite mm. the content. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're all frolicking in the quarry, and you have the two voices of reason, mm. um, Dave and Mickey. And it's, I think it's David who's just like... I think he makes the very valid point of what are they actually celebrating here? Because mm. it certainly is not the wedding. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, um, absolutely not the, the wedding. Mm. And basically celebrating his, in their words, last days of mm. freedom, right? And uh, I think he said it at the start, but like, the point that they're going to remember this, like he's going to remember this more than the wedding. Yeah. And, you know, these are his mates and Julie is just going to be his wife, Mm. (laughs) which is, yeah. It kind of goes back to that. I don't know if this is a thing in Australia, but there was that age old saying like bros before hoes or was that ever a thing in Australia? Yeah. 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 I I think your mates always come first. We say in Australia, we say mates before dates. Ah, yeah, but so it, sim- similar ideas. Totally um, still a thing. I, I do, I wonder, because, you know, I'm however old I am now. What am I, 36 or something? <laughs> I forgot my age. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'd be interested to know what it's like now for young men. Because, mm. you know, I have young nephews and they're into sports. They're, you know, they're, you know, like typical. They don't piss on each other. Yeah, I don't think they do this sort of stuff anymore. I think that maybe the world has changed a little bit, but mm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it does still exist. Mm. It's in, uh, Yeah, I don't know. What, what I'm, do you sure, I'm sure it exists in some dark corners of the globe. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Like you said, maybe things have changed. And I think also the, um, the, the young men growing up now are a lot more in touch with their feminine sides. Sure, I think sure. that's a big thing. So maybe you don't have so many of those ape-like sure, sure. alpha male dudes who kind of like 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 in this mm. piss on each other and lock each other in cage sure. and just try to try to humiliate their mates as much as possible i'm sure it's still a thing to a certain degree but yeah i'm sure it exists in a way but yeah as you said i think maybe kids now are a little bit better educated mm. more mm, yeah but, in touch with you know as you say the feminine side or yeah the um the thing which this kind of reminded me of in a way, although this you know coming along much later, is those you know those like early two thousands like American Pie films. Mm. Um, it, it this was almost like a, a prelude to those in a way. It's like that is that same kind of thing in those American Pie films. They're just trying to like fuck with the groom and cause as much chaos as possible. Yeah, those films have aged terribly. I don't know if you've watched oh, them recently. Yeah, like American Pie. It's, um, they do stuff that's like criminal, in right? That, like sex crimes, <laughs> right? It's, right, it's insane, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's almost that similar mentality, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and though that kind of well, those kind of films, including this one, these American Pie films, those early 2000 like teen comedies where it's just like a bunch of bros yeah. who, who take their mate away from the, his girlfriend for a weekend and get mm-hmm. him absolutely fucked up those kind of films don't get made anymore because it's not really of the times Mm-mm. and people don't find it funny. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's kind of, it's wrong. It's not kind of acceptable by today's standards. Totally. Yeah. Um, but this film is still funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think though, the difference between something like this and mm. American Pie, <laughs> it's quite a funny comparison, yeah. but like the, the difference between this is, this is a critique. Mm. Whereas American Pie is a celebration. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. It, yeah. I don't think 
American Pie is critiquing. Yeah, not anything. meaning to compare the two, but I mean that whole like bro yeah, like yeah. It's like thing. Yeah, it's right. same energy. And that, that kind of energy, you don't really see that much in films anymore. Well, I even noticed that like maybe I think about 10 years ago hmm. uh, when I was a high school teacher, I remember, so I taught year 11s and 12s and they were so different to what it was like for me in high school. Mm. So when I was in high school, the sporty jockey guys, like the kind of guys that were in this film, although younger looking, less mustaches and balding men, (laughs) (laughs) like they, they were kind of like, you know, the rulers of the school. Right. Mm. And that had changed dramatically. Um, when yeah, like 10 years ago when I was teaching, there were still sporty kids, but the jock, didn't seem to exist like that mm. archetype was kind of gone and the cool kids were like the artistic kids right like, god damn it like i should have been going to school at yeah, this point yeah, in yeah. time and it, it felt much more yeah it was very different it felt much more supportive and less cruel mm. i don't know if that was just that high school mm. but yeah it felt very different to to my experience that sounds school. yeah that sounds a bit more accurate to what things like now this is going maybe a bit too far off topic but whilst i was on the plane going back to england um i was just watching some whatever dumb films i could find there was a film with it was jonah hill and and someone and they kind of go undercover in a high school to find some drugs or something they're like they're police, oh, yeah, yeah. policemen they have to go undercover and like pose as high school students or something it's him and channing tatum right i think that's right yeah and they they kind of go in with their old school mentality and it's like you got to take down that's the right. biggest yeah, jock yeah. and then you're going to become like the alpha of the school and if not you're going to get fucking bullied and they go in the first day fucking floor the the guy who they think is the alpha and and all the guys are like what the fuck are you doing man yeah. like, he's like, and everyone's just like really at peace and you know reading poetry in the courtyard and the and the the popular guys are the artistic guys, and, yeah. and it is very different to how things were back in the day. Mm. Twenty one Jump Street is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Right. I remember watching that back then and being like, "This is very accurate mm. to, to what it's like now." Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I he's like trying to. There's another scene where he's like wearing the backpack on one shoulder to be cool. And All like, right, why, why are you doing that? Just oh yeah, yeah. Put it on both. It's bad for your back. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I remember that was a thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah. This is going back to primary school. But it's like, oh, you can't wear, you can't do both straps. That's fucking social suicide. <laughs> I I blame my bad posture on that. <laughs> <laughs> For being too cool in school with your oh, own yeah. strap. Oh, I was super cool. Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> did you Did you do the no strap? <laughs> no straps. All right. So let's get back into it. Yeah. So basically, we've yeah we've had this kind of bit where they're all swimming about. Yeah. David and Mickey commenting on it, and then we're into a little bit of a barbecue. That's right. Cooking some. Do you say snags? I don't know what snags is. So we say snags in Australia for sausages. <laughs> no way. Cooking some snags on the barbecue. Snags. Yeah, and they're That's wild. Yeah, cooking <laughs> cooking the sausages, and uh, David comes over and wants to get some of them for Kenny. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't eaten anything, mm. but the guys cooking him are like, no, 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 run. Ron doesn't want Kenny eating anything. Mm, as a line, he goes, oh, I wouldn't if I were you, mate. Yeah. Like, and it's like a really like sinister mm. deliverance. I was like, fuck. Like, that is, it takes a very dark tone. I wouldn't if I were you. That is so Australian. That kind of, how do you describe it? That kind of, hey, mate. Yeah, you better watch out, mate. Like we're very it's kind of like friend. advice. But yeah, it's yeah. like almost a warning, and, a and threat. The way that we, th- this is talked about a lot, but, you know, we say mate mm. in a very threatening mm. way. You know, the word mate is used like, you know, like, oh, what did you, have you seen uh, Animal Kingdom? That's a great Australian film. So the, 
that has uh, Ben Mendelsohn mm-hmm. in it, who you would have seen. He's in he's in like Marvel films now. I don't watch he's, those either. <laughs> he was in like a, he was in a Star Wars movie. I think I he don't was watch in, those. Either. He was in like he was in Rogue One or something, and he never he never fully is able to get rid of his Australian accent. Right. So he's sort of like, oh, good day, Darth Vader. How you doing? Like, <laughs> he, he just he still sounds like Ben Mendelsohn. But in Animal Kingdom, there's a bit where he's like interrogating mm-hmm. someone, and uh, he's like. Oh mate, you didn't go to the cops, did you, mate? And the, <laughs> it's so like tense, but he's right. like saying mate constantly, and it's if you read it like written down, mm. it sounds kind of friendly, mm. but it's so threatening in its delivery, right. and that is Australia, Australian aggressiveness in a, a passive aggressiveness mm. in a nutshell. I love yeah. it because it's like it's like advice and a threat at the same time. Exactly, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So David. Still takes the sausages over, mm. tries to give one to to Kenny, but Ron come, comes over and kind of slaps it out yeah, of his yeah, hand. Yeah. And he says, do not uh, do not feed the animals. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing, mate? What are you trying to do, Dave? Spoil Kenny's chances. Oh, for Christ's sake. Kenny's not supposed to be eating, mate. Didn't you read the sign? Do not feed the animals. Oh, come on. <laughs> Don't be so childish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says, "Yeah, can't you read the sign? Don't feed the animals." <laughs> yeah. That's my Australian accent. Oh, yeah, good, um, I, I think it was that point where I was really questioning Ron's motives because mm. he's he's obviously he's there to be the friend to celebrate uh, Kenny's you know wedding, mm. but he's got a real like sinister atmosphere oh, yeah. around him and I was I didn't know like is he actually Kenny's friend or is he there to like completely just just fucking mess with him and destroy him into nothing yeah it it was he, a really sinister role and he, he does it perfectly yeah as he, well. he's really quite scary like mm. he and you can see all the other characters sort of falling in line because you know he's the alpha right yeah and he's totally in control of this whole even though it's madness, right? Mm. This kind of crazy mob going nuts, but he's controlling everything that's mm. happening. Oh, and then we really take an extraordinarily dark turn from this point. So we've had we've had word earlier in the film that a stripper that's is going right. to be coming. Yeah. Uh, so one of the the guys uh, brings the stripper, you know, uh, drives the stripper into the mm. quarry. But in the car as well. It's not just the stripper, but also no. Julie, the wife to be, mm. and another friend. I think it's the girlfriend of yeah, one not, of the other characters. Yeah. Di is her name, uh, and um, Ron's kind of annoyed that they've they've come along. Mm. So basically, they're there because they're kind of scared as to what's happening to Kenny. Right. They want to know what's going on, and uh, yeah, Ron's like, "Oh, we're just gonna have to get him out of the way." And they they drag the the wife to be Julie mm. and the friend, and they lock her in a car. Mm. <laughs> and again, all the time, this very fun music playing on top. Yeah. So it's all just like, oh, this is fun. They just yeah. love these people in a car in the middle of like, a quarry in the middle of the summer. It's oh, man. yeah. Um, and that's when they let Kenny out the cage, right? Mm. And that's the first oh time he gets God. out of the cage. Yeah. Oh wow. It's it's so full on this stuff. So. I, I also love the the guy who's bringing the stripper. He keeps referencing how the strippers getting brought over to see the grubs. They keep referring to the other guys as grubs. Do you ever right. use grub? No. Grubs is like a gross person, right? Right, there. right, right. Oh, man, it's so Australian. It's great. But yeah, they're, so they're getting Kenny primed up. That's right. As that's they right. say. <laughs> so they've got him like held down to the ground. He's kind of stripped down to his undies. 
and they're approaching him and they're all kind of singing a funeral march right they're like and and one of them has a a razor Mm. which is kind of like reflecting the sun it's like glittering in the sun and they're approaching him with this razor and they're essentially going to shave him yeah ready for the for the big night but it's it's again this very similar they're singing the funeral march for fuck's sake and he's he's, he's like oh come on lad like fuck off like (laughs) but we don't actually see anything but then we cut back to the the bride-to-be and her mate locked in the car and all the the grubs if you will yeah they kind of approach the car very kind of solemn and Mm. they're like Julie's like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, there's, there's been, we were only having a laugh, but yeah, we were trying to, we were just shaving his short yeah. and curlies. Short and curlies. But there was an accident. Mm-hmm. And they have a, they have a tissue yeah. with something wrapped inside. <laughs> and again, it's this very dark atmosphere. And they're like, oh, fuck it. They've lopped off one of his nuts. <laughs> but at this point, I was still really questioning what Ron's motives were and whether he was like a good guy or he was actually just out to fuck with Kenny, mm-hmm. like more than we're actually led to believe. And so they have this tissue and they throw it at the bride to be. And what's inside? Not a penis, luckily. Thank goodness. But a, one of the sausages. Barbecue one of the sausage. <laughs> one of the snacks. Yeah. I love th- this part, like the aftermath of mm. this is just like perfect. It is. It, it's so, it really captures that kind of, yeah, insane mob mentality kind of thing where one of the guys grabs the sausage. Yeah. It feels very improvised, this bit. And he's putting it at his crotch and he's just masturbating yeah. the sausage, like, really yeah. intensely. Yeah. Then he goes over to another guy and starts trying to bum him yeah. with the sausage. And it's just, oh, it's And they're all perfect. laughing. The happy music kicks back in. There's like, yeah. and there's some guys coming to, like, fillet the sausage. And all the guys are laughing. And, yeah. the, and the bride-to-be is like, oh, you fuckers, you know. But it, even though it, yeah, as you say, it's got that fun, you know, feeling, mm. but it also feels very insidious underneath all that. <laughs> I kind of felt like the, the bride-to-be were in real danger just being around yeah, that, yeah. that massive group of mm. intense, like, testosterone-fueled field men. Yeah. It's as soon as I, I think, yeah, you're so right. Like when Julie and the friend arrive, it, it adds attention. Mm. Um, because, yeah, you're genuinely scared of what's going to happen to yeah. them. Yeah. So then um, they continue to get Kenny primed. Mm. So he hasn't eaten anything no. at this point. He hasn't drunk anything, but he gets his first drink now. <laughs> so that's it. So they give him a beer christening, don't they? Mm. They have the massive... Uh, Huge jug. Jug of beer. They do the little cross on his forehead, um, pour one down his pants as well. And apparently he has to drink like four pitchers, yeah. is it? They feed him one and, and then they're like, oh, only four to go. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I guess five altogether. With no massive, food. Yeah. Massive jugs of beer. Um, so he's completely fucked. Mm. And that's when we cut to the stripper scene, right? So now we're well, at night time. Actually, just before oh, is that, there something there's before one that? just small thing that I thought was just such a great little touch before we get to that mm. stripper bit that really sums up the lunacy of this where yeah it's nighttime and there's an one of the the guys i think he was one of the guys cooking the sausages mm. he's just like puking just oh, that's intensely right. yeah. vomiting and this other guy was <laughs> so great this bit so he's just vomiting vomiting like hunched over and this other guy is just standing there laughing <laughs> and it's it's just it's so Australian. that's very real isn't it yeah just this guy puking this other guy just pissing himself laughing so he finishes 
puking the other guy and then just looks up he's like oh go on give us another beer <laughs> but his face is kind of strained and it's not fun mm. it's just full on mm. it's, he's just having that beer because he has to yeah <laughs> <laughs> Give us another beer. It was such a small moment, but it was such a masterful touch to, <laughs> as the kind of build up to that stripper scene. Yeah. Yeah. So then we're at night. The night, if you will. Yeah. Um, and the stripper's there. She gets introduced. She's kind of like revealed, like first behind a, a curtain or a bed sheet, if you will. She's kind of dancing. You can see her silhouette and all the men are just getting really roused and enchanting and stuff. Yeah. Getting really fucking hyped up for this stripper. Um, they drop the sheet she comes out you know she's doing her dance around a campfire everyone's fucking loving it they're losing them it's like they've never seen a woman yeah. before it's quite frightening yeah yeah. but really again very ape like they're just yeah. chanting screaming shouting drinking a lot so the other guy also gets up starts dancing yeah, as well that, that's like I think that's the poster of the film is mm. it's, it's someone sort of bending over pulling their underwear down and looking back and I think it's this other guy who they yeah, are this mustachioed mm. ape like guy who's just stripping at the same time yeah. and just loving it and wow. meanwhile, so Kenny, he's just done four or five pictures. He's Catatonic. completely, but he's not even conscious. Mm. But he's wearing like this bald cap. Yeah, so they put they... this bald cap with glasses oh. thing on him. So he's kind of looking really dumb and goofy. Again, going back to you have to humiliate the guy as much as possible. So he's completely out, dressed up in this ridiculous costume, um, not even conscious, while all his mates are just having the time of their lives. It's just like really suddenly gets intense mm. which I, I really like the way this was cut together so you know we're getting the stripping everyone's excited and then it just really suddenly mm. cuts to all of the guys grabbing the stripper mm. and throwing her down on, on the ground and yeah. holding her down it's just such a sudden intense intense cut and yeah this is the film really gets in, incredibly messed up and yeah incredibly dark at this point um, yeah, they, they pick up Kenny, who's totally, basically comatose, like mm. slipping in and out of consciousness. He's got the bold uh, wig thing on, mm. what do you call it? Bold cap. Bold cap. And uh, they, you know, hold him up, put him on top of her, who's, and she's being held down. Mm. And they're just thrusting him, like, in and out, mm. which they're saying, like, in and out as they're doing it. You know, basically f- forcing him to rape her, yeah. basically. Yeah. I should point out as well, Steve did say, while a lot of the things in this are based on things he's seen, this was not, obviously. That's this good stuff to know. And, the, and some other stuff at the end didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's, like you said, it was so sudden and it's such an upsetting scene because mm. the stripper's screaming the whole time. Oh, Kenny's unconscious being forced to rape this girl. And as always, the rest of them are having the time of their lives, yeah. laughing and chanting, shouting in, out, in, out. Mm. And just to top it off, to make things all the worse, mm. the bride-to-be, you know, hears all the commotion, what's going on, sees her soon-to-be husband raping a stripper. And and David, the voice of reason, he's just like, oh, it's okay, you know. Yeah, like, he's just sort of... Yeah, kind like, of helplessly watching they yeah. both because he, he's 
you know, he's the weak, the weakling out of mm. all of them. So there's no way he could even try to stop them. Mick, uh, Mick tries to stop it. So the Michelangelo, mm. Mick, he comes over, tries to stop, and he just sort of gets pushed away. Mm. That's as much as he he can do. And yeah, the situation against all these horrific apes. And that's a very long scene as well. That rape scene is very long. Yeah, it's incredibly intense and i think um yeah it's just this ramping up of, mm. of kind of madness right mm. that's going on so mickey comes back to david david goes what's going on did you hear the line that he said no what was just it? before the to the last line of the scene before it cuts mickey goes it's all right mate kenny's just tainted all over her grim <laughs> I did hear that, but I actually didn't. And, the, and then David goes, oh, God. And then it cuts. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, horrendous. Horrendous. So then we're, we're at the next morning. Mm. Uh, they've taken Julie home mm. at this point. Julie and her friend are home. I guess they've taken the stripper home as well. And these kind of shit lads, these kind of rotten mm. guys, they're, they're really furious uh, with Mick and David. Mm. Especially Mick, I guess. For for nearly ruining things, and and Mick and Mick and David are kind of sleeping side by side, yeah, in their sleeping bags. And did did you catch the line where they're like commenting on them? No. And um, one of them's like, "Oh, they'll they'll be up each other's bum soon." Yeah. Do you notice how palsy they're getting? Be up each other's bum soon. <laughs> if not already. <laughs> A great uh-huh. and horrible way. <laughs> but yeah, they, they want to get revenge on, mm. on Mick for apparently nearly ruining the rape of the stripper. And they head on over to his sleeping bag, tie a rope around his the legs. So he's mm. still in the sleeping bag. Sort of, they kind of like tighten the top of the They're sleeping bag. They like fasten right? it shut. So he's yeah. kind of essentially locked in. And um, they attach the end of the rope to one of the cars. And... Um, start driving around, mm. dragging him along. And, uh, yeah, David tries to stop it, and the car kind of swerves, mm. and the yeah, mech in the sleeping bag just goes flying off into the quarry, into the water, really violently mm. smashing into the water. Slot very in slow-mo from a yeah. lot of different angles. It's, you see him, like, falling, and it's yeah, very yeah. upset and very intense. I, I asked Steve about the scene because it looks so dangerous. Mm. Um, and obviously there was like a dummy in the bag, but he, he did tell me quite an intense story about something that happened okay. uh, in this part. Probably the most dangerous stunt was when the boys uh, decide to take Mick for a run in the morning. They tie a rope to the end of his sleeping bag and fasten the rope around the dune buggy and then tear around the... Um, the circle of cars. Of course, we had a dummy in the in the bag. That wasn't the problem. But as the car took the dummy in the sleeping bag around, it jammed underneath the wheels of one of the stationary cars. The rope pulled very, very quickly around the bar, and I nearly severed the leg of one of the um, actors who was sitting in the back. Fortunately, the actor who was driving came to a complete stop, and we were able to get away with it without any real danger but it was an abject lesson to me in the need for safety but that was long before we had stuntmen and safety men well we had stuntmen but we didn't have safety men you know this is 70 mid 70s Mm. right and australian cinema was pretty wild back then (laughs) do you know uh, brian trenchett smith 
No. He he's like a really amazing uh, kind of director of you know sort of exploitation films in the seventies. Mm. He did The Man from Hong Kong. Oh, okay. Which is a banger yeah. and uh, Turkey Shoot, which is amazing. We'll Dead End Driving. But I think he was kind of like he he might have been a stuntman as well. And so his films really pushed for extreme kind of stunts right. and stuff like that. So it is kind of a bit of an Australian tradition in the 70s. To put all the cast in severe danger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a very intense scene because as, as you know, you just tell by watching, it's a very low budget production. So mm. a lot of the actors would have had to, to some extent, go through these ordeals. Yeah. Um, and it does not look yeah. fun or safe. For sure, for um, sure. So yeah, he falls into the quarry, essentially locked in this sleeping bag. And all the people jump out of the car. Everyone jumps in to try and save him. And then Kenny, who's still, still wearing his bull yeah. cap, he's just like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Like, well, you could have killed him. Are you mad? And But mm. all the others are, just, just a joke, mate. Yeah, like, just, just an pain. accident. Just yeah. a bit of fun. Yeah. You know? But yeah, luckily, uh, Mick is not dead. Mm. My memory of this film from the first watch was that he did die. Mm. So it was um, kind of a relief watching it again. It's like, okay, he's all right. <laughs> but it, it's very dark this yeah. this ending and um yeah i think it, it freeze frames right and we get mm. we get get like kind of a return to that line of oh he's gonna remember remember this a damn sight longer than his wedding these are his mates and yeah. very dark and, yeah uh, distressing and then we get i love the way uh this is capped off mm. it's the ending is genius yeah one of truly amazing ending mm. And this was something he did after the shoot. And, you know, I think Steve Jodrell has complex feelings about this film. Mm-hmm. So it's his first film. He he mentioned a lot that, you know, he he doesn't actually want too many people to see it because he's a, a little bit, not embarrassed, but, you know, it's his first film and yeah. he sees all, you know, as we all do, see sees all the things he would do differently now. Mm. But he also talks about how, you know, when you make your first film, when you don't know exactly what you're doing yet is kind of the peak of creativity, right? Right. I have to say, in all honesty, there's a certain kind of creative freedom that comes with ignorance. I think, uh, uh, again, I've often said to film students, the more you learn about something, the more you realize how little you know about it. There's a delightful time in your growth as a filmmaker or a creative person where you don't know what the rules are, so you don't even know what you're breaking. And that is the best time. Because I, I, I must admit, if I look back at that project now with the knowledge that I have um, working 35 years in the business, I would never have made it. I had the arrogance and the ignorance to say, yeah, let's go out and have, a, have fun. And we did. We had a lot of fun. I think he, he sees this film as his like first child sort of thing, mm. but also has a lot of issues with it however he does talk about that wedding photo bit it, he is his kind of it seems like his favorite part mm. of the film and it is amazing poor kenny poor kenny <laughs> i tell you mate he's gonna remember this a damn sight longer than the wedding i mean these are his mates i think in a way that was the perfect kind of uh, end narrative to the bugs party and that was stills from the wedding there's a certain kind of dark irony to all those wedding pictures um, after you've seen the film that I'm quite proud of. And again, I just got everybody, I asked them to turn up in their best clobber. I got a church, 
I got a, an outfit for the uh, for my my partner who played the wife, and um, uh, we shot the whole thing uh, in a day, and it was fantastic. I was I'm really proud of that end sequence. It, I think it's the icing on the cake. All right, so that yeah, that is the the film. You you asked before about how it was screened, mm. so the length of the film and how it was actually released to the public. When it came out, it was uh, very quickly bought up by a local cinema Mm. in Perth, in Western Australia. Uh, One of the biggest supporters of this film was Anthony Buckley. I mentioned Wake and Fright before. Mm. So he was the editor Mm -hmm. of Wake and Fright. And he's he's a legend as well in Australia. He basically... Wake and Fright, uh, I think they... I can't remember exactly what happened, but they lost the original the cut of it, the print. Right. So you can only see it in this, like, really shitty, like, video sort of print. Mm. And that editor, like, re- like basically went on this massive hunt and saved the film mm. and it got re-released again. Wow. So he's, like, this really amazing kind of legend of Australian cinema. And he, he loved this film, The Bucks Party, and said it was the most powerful statement about the Australian male since Wake and Fright. So kind of compared right. it to Wake and Fright. Tony Buckley took a print of the film back to Greater Union, which was a film producer, a distributor in those days. Greater Union bought it, blew, blew it up to 35 millimeter, and for about three months it played as a support feature to films like David Bowie's The Man Who Fell to Earth and oh. uh, um, shows like that. Um, so it did, it did pretty well. One example that Steve said is it played before the man who fell to earth. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so That's back, wild. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, it also played at a lot of festivals. Uh, it won, like, the uh, fiction award at the 78 Sydney Film Festival, best shot uh, fiction at the Australian Film Awards. So when it came out, it had mm. a, you know, very successful kind of run yeah. as a film that's mad it, it got all the awards it got like mm. successful scre- uh, screenings at the box office like why yeah. why did it disappear that's what i would like to know yeah. <laughs> i think it, it's just i guess it's hard to release something like this you mm. know? like how would you release it now yeah I, you know i was hoping that his uh steve's film shame mm. i was really hoping that it would be an extra feature mm. on the blu-ray of that unfortunately it's not so it's sort of been very popular at the time it was released and then it's kind of been forgotten right uh, which is a real shame it also played at a porn house in sydney as well so porno cinema good stuff for a while it played in a uh, porn house in sydney Uh, one of the critics of the film said they were never quite sure whether this was a textbook uh, example of how to run a bucks party or a satirical um, examination of the whole institution. Um, I think a lot of the audience agreed with that because there were obviously, I went to show to screenings where, you know, there would be men in the audience who were cheering and laughing and really enjoyed it. And I think they missed the point completely. So sometimes I think I failed. But having said that, there was a very strong um, female audience as well who dragged their men along and told them this is not, not what they want to lead their lives about. So how, how did you feel about the movie? I, I, I thought, as, as a movie, it was absolutely great. I loved it. I loved the um, the happy tone that it created, but the, the sinister deliverance from the characters because I mentioned a couple of times in, already, but it's 
the way that the scenes are laid out and the mood that it's set is that we're supposed to enjoy it. We're supposed to think that we're having a fun time. The way that the music is played, it's all very fun, happy music, and everyone's having fun. But the things we're looking at are not fun. So mm. you're, you're confused about how you should feel about what you're watching. And that was great. And like I said before, Ron, he was so good because he's there as Kenny's friend, but he's he's not letting Kenny eat anything or drink anything. He's locked him in a cage. It's not what friends do. Yeah. So it was always I was so confused about how to feel and how to like perceive certain characters. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was so well written and all the characters were so well done. Uh, the the actors were incredible in it. I thought it was a fantastic film. Yeah. The the scenes that were meant to shock, like the stripper scene, the rape scene, and the sleep back, they all shocked. Mm. And everything was just done so, so well. Yeah, I, I really do. I know that maybe Steve doesn't want it to be more widely seen, mm. but I really wish people could see this film mm, more. I think people should um, see this film it, more. It's a really... It, this is his first film, mm. and it's just genius i, I love mm. it it's a really incredible film the the way that it builds mm. the intensity and yeah i think you you made a really good point that kind of it kind of tricks you into thinking mm. it's gonna be this very happy sort of yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. and then really kind of pulls the the rug out from mm. underneath you so i do wish this was more widely seen especially in australia because it, it's such a great piece of you know australian film history yeah. i like the way that i pretty much didn't understand anything anyone was saying yeah. there's so much australian <laughs> slang in there even for but, me because this is from this is the 70s and mm. you know people spoke differently Mm. in australia in the 70s mm -hmm. so if you watch australian films from this time mm. i don't think you would know any of these titles but like alvin purple mm. do you know who do you know dame edna i know the, the character dame Bar barry humphreys <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah 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 so he he used to he's you know australian mm. hugely famous in australia mm. he used to play a character called baza mckenzie and that was like this ultra like aussie kind mm. of character mm. When you watch them now, they they do speak differently to how Australians speak now. It's quite interesting mm. watching how Australian the accent has kind of changed quite a lot yeah. as well. And yeah, a lot of terminology that even I didn't understand. Right, I'm glad I'm glad you were there to explain a lot of it to me. I had to yeah. confirm that to to Bob up the old sport a few times with with Steve. Yeah. <laughs> And I like the way that, um, you know, the stripper scene, the, you know, essentially the climax of the film happens at night. So we literally are building up to the night where it all kind of kicks off and we get the most depraved scene of all. And then we wake up the next morning and it's like the day again. And we think it's like, oh, it's kind of like the, the storm has passed and we're safe again. But it kind of mm. reels us back in with one of the most awful things ever, the yeah, sleeping bag yeah. thing. Like we kind of think we're safe. We're out of the woods for a little bit, but it it tricks us again sure. so it's constantly playing with us and i thought that was quite genius mm. i wondered about the purpose of why this was made and the runtime as i mentioned before it's just such an odd runtime for mm. a movie it's 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 too long for a short but it's too short for a feature it's just and it seems to be stuck in that mm. in between place so for that as well it's just it's such an oddity for sure yeah that i I love that this film exists. Yeah. yeah I think it's, it's, it's so great. I love that it exists and it's, it's criminal that it's not seen and talked mm. about more. I think the, so the wrongometer is very hard <laughs> for this movie. Mm. So we, the wrongometer, how wrong the movie is, how either, how shocking it is or how much it shouldn't exist. Mm. <laughs> mm. 
This is probably the hardest one. I really have no idea because I think this film is somewhat of a little mini masterpiece. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know. What do you have any ideas of what you're gonna give it? So it's not how good the film is. Let's make that clear. Yeah. It's, if I was rating I was, how good it is, mm. I'd give it like a, a nine or a ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think oh, on the wrong one, Ah, oh, fuck. Visu- visu- visually, when we think about the, the wrong scenes, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've covered things a lot more wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, but balancing the the level of wrongness with the atmosphere that it creates kind of bumps it up quite a yeah. lot for me. I was I was very just, like, confused about how to feel during, mm. during whilst watching yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of, like... I, I was... When I was watching it, I was thinking maybe a six-ish, mm-hmm. but upon like hearing all your your stories and talking with the director and hearing his behind the the scenes tidbits, I think I'm going to go for a seven for this one. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm on the same. I'm feeling the same sort of thing as you, but I'm going to say a six, mm-hmm. uh, just because it is so well made. It kind right. of tones it tones yeah. the wrongness down <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. but really amazing film and you know as we said at the start do watch it uh on on that website that mm. we we'll, we'll post up some links when the episode comes out as well yeah. good stuff that was mm. great bucks party that was so good yeah. i really enjoyed that thanks for introducing me to that one i think that was definitely one of your better recommendations yeah. <laughs> you should 100 percent watch wake and fright right. as well that is in, in my opinion the best australian film ever made okay directed by the guy that made weekend at bernie's Okay, know that one. <laughs> All right, so what's what's next time? Next week. Um, well, next, next t- week. No, not next Come week. Come on, mate. Next time, we are going to cover, which I think is one of the greatest titles ever, mm. Red Spells Spells Yes. No, I said that wrong. Red Spells Spells Red. <laughs> red Spell <laughs> Spells, spells red. red. Yeah. Red Spell spells red. Yeah, red spell spells red. Red spell spells red. That's the one. Okay. Now, before we finish, um, for anyone who is actually keeping up with these and watching the films before we air the episode, this one comes with a warning that you might just want to have a little research into this film, know what you're watching before you watch it, and then judge whether you want to watch it or not based on that. Okay. Now... Me and Dave, we have a, a, an agreement that the film that gets recommended to us, we're not allowed to research. We're not allowed to look up anything, so we have to go in completely blind. So, Dave, you're just going to have to go in blind. <laughs> Hate me for it later. <laughs> okay. Um, but for those who are watching, I, I, I recommend you just give it a quick search and know what you're getting yourself into. Wow. I, I have no idea what to expect. So, yeah. this is going to be fun. What, what country is it from? Uh, Hong Kong. Okay. Okay, we'll see. All right, nice. Uh, And as always, please follow us on Twitter, if Twitter still exists by the time we (laughs) release this episode. (laughs) This will be the first episode of uh, 2023. Will it? Yeah. Hey. Happy New Year. Oh, happy New Year to you, Dave. (laughs) Yeah, so if if Twitter still exists, uh, follow us on SMSW Podcast Mm -hmm. on Twitter. You can also send us an email if you want uh, at showmesomethingwrong at gmail.com. And yeah, just uh, please share the podcast around. Tell your friends about it. Tell your mum. Aunties and uncles. Aunties and uncles. There you go. Anyone else? 
just aunties and uncles. That's them. They, they love them. Yeah. Uh, please spread the word. And yeah, we'll see you for Red, red spells, spells, Spells Red. red. <laughs>